welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Many boomers, both women and men, but especially women, find themselves in a bit of a role reversal with one or both of their parents. As our parents age, both mental and physical impairments start to show themselves sometimes reaching a stage where the parent is no longer safe living at home, especially alone. Now, there's several options available to you and your parent, and although the need for change is really obvious, the parent can be really resistant, and often you, the daughter or son, can find it really difficult being as assertive as the situation needs. You know, old habits die hard and all that. Now, if you decide to become a full-on caregiver, as in you move in with them or they move in with you, possibly the role reversal can be eased into. You know, you've still got your spaces and stuff like that. But if you become a care decider, you may be treated with appreciation or you may be faced with making decisions that your parent vehemently opposes. My guest today found herself in such a position at a relatively young age but she's turned her experience and her expertise into a coaching business to help other children of aging parents be more prepared for the windy, bumpy road they face. Wendy Tadiuchi, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Oh, Agnes, thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's great. And I think we both chuckled right there because my listeners know, our listeners know that we can see each other. And you've just finished explaining to me that the way to pronounce your last name is to put those fingers up in the air on the the last half of your name. So, Wendy Tariucci. That's right. That's how (laughs) you do it. And if anybody in the audience is of Italian heritage, I just apologize for my pronunciation. (laughs) I married into it, so I'm not not offended. That makes you a wise woman. That's right. If it does. Wendy, do you mind sharing your and your mom's story with our listeners? Oh, of course. Uh, It's a humdinger, so uh, buckle up. So what happened, uh, me and my mom, mom right now is 85 years old and going reverse about uh, nine years. Uh, I cannot do the math on that, but I will tell you how old I was. I was like 37, 38, something like this. And uh, what had happened was mom fell the third time after a series of two other falls and this fall uh, was the worst out of all of them like they just got progressively bad I could show you a picture of her in the hospital she's got you know the the bandage around her head she's got two black eyes bloody nose split lips it was bad 
And so the next day after getting home from the hospital and with like no sleep and anxious, worried and all this other stuff, I just point blank asked her, mom, what do you want to do? And she knew that I was referring to like, what's next? Because you cannot live by yourself, right? And she paused for a moment and she said, well, I want to live. And she named the place. She named this retirement community in our area. And I was like, why? Right? I, I didn't know that she, I didn't know what she was going to say, right? Had no idea, but I didn't expect this. And I said, why do you want to live there? And here's a marketing tip for anybody that's in the senior care realm. She said, well, because I've been going to lunch and learns over there once a month. And I was like, well, that's brilliant. So what she had done, she was visiting. She got to know the place. She made friends. She saw how everything ran. And that's why she said, I want to live here. And that was great in some respects because I, you know, it was just up to me then to figure out how to do this, right? I had no siblings. I am an only child. Uh, and so it was up to me, which was great. But on the other side of things, it was up to me. <laughs> and, and me at the time had no idea what I was doing, what to ask, who to, right? Because I'm 37, 38, none of my friends, their parents are not going through this. And so I just put my head down and, and started working on this, right? And it was up to me to figure out, can she afford this? Mom, where's the paperwork for your financial stuff and your insurance stuff? I need to look at this and figure out how, how we're going to you know, work on this and pay for it. Long story short, mom got settled and I got fat and I got sick and I got overwhelmed and I was a hot mess. Mom was great. She's in this new place. She snaps her fingers. She gets whatever she wants, whenever she wants it. And I'm sitting over here going, oh boy, that must be nice, right? And so that's my story with my mom. And uh, flash forward nine years later, she's, uh, she's still good. She still gets what she wants at the snap of her fingers. And, uh, and I am good because I have learned some things that I share with my clients. Well, it's interesting because obviously we need to to follow that path on this uh, this episode of the podcast, this this chat. But I'm thinking, foolish you, why didn't you just say, "Mom, you're going to have a roommate"? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would have been a wise uh, thing for me to say. Yeah, but one thing I'm going to emphasize here is that because you were fairly young, I mean, 37 is is young when all this went down, like none of this was even on your radar yet. Is that right? Not or, a thing. Yeah. Not, well, okay. Yes and no. And I say that because I saw the signs. I saw the signs ahead of time. And I chose not to do anything until something happened. Mm, okay. That was what I decided. And I decided that because I didn't know what I could do. And right. that seemed to be, uh, you know, a, a place to go. And I'll talk about how um, I work with my clients through that decision too, because it's very personal, right? right. Uh, everybody makes their own decision. And, and when you notice the signs, you can be proactive, unlike me, 
or you can choose to wait until something happens. And neither choice is wrong, right? It's just whatever is right for you at the time. Right. Now, I've mentioned that I had a career in elder care, uh, dementia care. I was in my mid-50s when I realized my mom could no longer manage on her own. So my transition was obvious and sort of seamless. (laughs) That's more about personality. (laughs) But what sort of surprises do your clients experience or did you experience when you haven't even considered this new reality? Yeah, that's a great question, Agnes. You know, some of my surprises were how long it took me to gather up and then organize all of my mom's paperwork and how many duplicate copies and old copies and good heavens. That took a lot of time just to, I was buried under paper for quite some time. So that was a surprise. Second surprise was when um, mom moved into the assisted living, I assumed that the nurses would be giving her her medication. In other words, here you go, and they watch her take the medication. That is not true. They give her the pill container, right? Not the pill container, but you know, they sort out the pills, put a little cup. And they say, here you go, Betty. Here's, Here's your pills. Go ahead and take them. Well, I found out that if they didn't, right, make sure that they physically saw her take them, she would, they'd be scattered all over her room, right? So we had to work on that. That was a surprise. I thought, Here's another surprise, financial-wise, insurance-wise. Mom has long-term care insurance. And I thought, oh, they'll pay for this uh, assisted living. And they do not, unless she met a couple of criteria, right, at the time. And uh, that was a surprise. The other surprise was about myself. And I find this in my clients, too, right? They, uh, what happened was, I mentioned this earlier, I stopped taking care of myself. I got fat. I stopped exercising. I was not healthy. I was tired all the time. I wasn't feeling good. And that impacted the way that my life looked. And consequently, it impacted the way mom's life looked because I was not, let's say, firing on all cylinders. So that was a surprise. And it's so easy for care deciders, caregivers, however you want to you know, whatever you want to call yourself, to put so much focus and worry into caring for your loved one that you totally stop even paying any kind of attention to yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to emphasize, you know, what you said about collecting up your mom's bank accounts and stuff like that. Uh, in, In my own situation, you know, trying to let mom still have a little bit of independence, I had her income tax done. She needed to write a check to pay her income tax. So she wrote the check. I put it in the envelope. I mailed it. And then, of course, a month later, we get a bill from income tax for the amount. And I went, I don't know what's going on here. I went to talk to my mom. And because she had some dementia, she then turned it around that I had stolen the money. Now, I started doing digging, and it turned out she still had a checkbook from an account she had closed 10 years earlier. And that's what she'd written the check on, which is why it didn't process, which is why they sent her a bill. So once again, you know, like to to just, it can get so complicated. So you really do need to do that, that piece. 
And uh, yeah, I guess just be prepared for <laughs> all the surprises. All the surprises. Yeah. I'm now going to make a blanket statement. I'm going to tell our listeners that there's a really good chance that if their parent is still living alone, then they need to be prepared that one day caregiving, care deciding will become a reality. What sort of issues could a parent have that might float under the radar for a while, but be indicative of some impairment starting, you know, just so that maybe we can reduce a few of the surprises? Yeah, uh, of course. And um, from my experience, I noticed that mom's dishes, like she wasn't doing the dishes, they were kind of piling up in the kitchen. That's like, okay, that's, that's a tip off. That's interesting. Wonder why that's happening. The papers just started, the piles started growing and becoming, uh, they multiplied <laughs> overnight, right? So there's more paper. The big tip off, well, I don't know, it was a big tip off. Mom <laughs> at, uh, what was she, 79 or something like this at the time, bought a tractor, like a farm tractor, <laughs> not covered or anything like this with a bottom plow. Now, for those of you that are not farm girls like I am, a bottom plow is something that hooks onto the bottom of a tractor and you can plow the snow in the winter. And she says, she's 79 years old. She says, I'm going to plow the driveway in the winter. And I'm thinking, Okay, first of all, you have to climb up on said tractor. Second of all, said tractor is not covered from the elements. And third, okay, so that's how I notice. Now, um, some of my clients and some of those individuals that come into my support group, for instance, Carol, she noticed that her mother couldn't hear, right? She has a hearing uh, deficiency kind of thing happening. And because of that, she's not able to hear certain commands and things. And she just, you know, this is the way she is. And so Carol and I worked together to come up with how to have a conversation with your mom about, you know, what do you think about going to the doctor? What do you think about, you know, what if uh, kind of thing? And I noticed that. Mom, I have to look at you directly to have a conversation. And uh, so, so that was her tip off that things were changing. And my tip off was the tractor. That's what did it. <laughs> well, in many ways, thank goodness for the tractor, because some of those other things like you know, changes in habits, like not doing the dishes for several days. You know, you can sort of write that off of, oh, she's older, she's tired. You know, she's just going to do them every three days instead of every meal something like that. So it's really easy to rationalize. But yeah, something drastic like a tractor would <laughs> be. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we laugh, but I mean, it's, right. thank goodness we can laugh because it's after the fact and, you know, things have settled. So. <laughs> and the joke was on me when I had to move said tractor to uh, sell it. I don't know how to drive a tractor. Mom got a good laugh out of that one. Anyway. Does she know how to drive a tractor? She, yeah, she does. Oh, okay. And she's like, you know, she's trying to tell me, you know, put the gear shift and do the, I, don't, I got it moved, but it was quite comical. I think there were people parked on the road watching anyway. <laughs> but leaving their car and driving case they had to get out of your way. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some of that too. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> when should people start bringing up the subject of assisted living or, or at least some supports? Mm. 
Well, I always say don't do like a, don't do what I did, right? And not bring it up at all until something happens. And so, you know, again, like Margot, that comes to my support group, right? She came to me before she even started caring for her brother. Now her brother is 84, Margot is 74, right? Never had any kids of his own, never married. And so Margot is noticing all of these things, right? The house is not being picked up as usual. Her brother, in fact, started seeing people. People are coming to the house, people are visiting. Right. And they were not, in fact, right, visiting. And so what I told Margot and, and how I guided her in this is, uh, you know, when you when you notice, first of all, bring it up and don't say something to the effect of why are you doing, you know, X, Y, Z? Why are you saying people are coming to the house? They're not coming to the house. What? So that's don't do that. Right. What you want to do instead is, is just say, well, I noticed that you're bringing up uh, every time we talk, these people that are coming to your house, and that's all you need to say, because your loved ones will take it from there, right? And, uh, you know, have the conversation, let them say whatever they need to say. And it's not going to be a one and done conversation. It's going to be many, you know, I noticed, mom, that you put your uh, purse in the refrigerator. And that's all you need. Mom did this, by the way, yeah. right? And that's all you need to say. And she'll come up with something like, oh, gosh, I keep doing that. Or, you know, that's the darnest thing. And, and, you know, just let them say whatever they need to say. And that will inform you, the individual that is possibly going to be the caregiver, care decider, whatever that looks like, that will inform you of, you know, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what's happening. And also have a conversation with your loved one's neighbor with their friends and say to them, you know, I've noticed this with my mom. What have you noticed? And let them inform you. And when you have all of that information, then you can decide how you want to proceed. Right. Right. So we, we mentioned role reversal at the very beginning. Um, and, and I think that fact can be fairly mainstream. But would you recommend that adult children start implementing a few strategies early on, like, oh, mom, I could take you to that appointment, or, you know, maybe dad, I, I appreciate knowing your, your specialist, can I tag along and meet them? Just so the parent gets the idea that you are happy to help them and are willing, I guess, to help them. I don't know. What do you, yeah. Is that a possibility? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Agnes. And yes, it is totally possible. And I was just talking with someone the other day and she's worried that her mom has Alzheimer's dementia. She sees something happening and she's a nurse, right? So she's picking up on this. And what I uh, shared with her is to ask your mom, you know, mom, why if I go along with you to your next doctor appointment? And that's all, again, you know, short and sweet, just what if, let your parent tell you, you know, if they say no, okay, that's, that's how it is, but keep asking, right? If you really, truly are interested and want to learn more about what's going on with your parent, you know, don't, don't give up at the first, no, I don't want you to go. Just keep asking. I think it's perhaps easier. I'm just thinking of my own situation as well. 
is, you know, if, if they are no longer driving, then to have you even a chauffeur is a good mm-hmm. start because then you're there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of driving, my mom still had her driver's license and her vehicle. Right. So I just want to kind of cover this because I know it's going to be asked, like, how do I deal with my mom that won't give up her car? Now, here's what I want to tell you. And this just the stars aligned for me. Went to the doctor with my mom a couple of times, right? Um, after this and after she got settled and the conversation about the car came up, she brought it up and she said, when can I drive again? And the doctor, in his wisdom, right, she had already been diagnosed with dementia at that point. He knew all of her medical history. And he's the one that said, Betty, you cannot safely continue driving. And so he was the bad guy. It was not me. I was not the one taking over, you know, you you can't drive anymore. You know, the doctor said, mom, right, and she did give up driving. She did not put up a fight with me on that one. And uh, I do have clients. I can think of one. He came to the one of the support groups and he's like, okay, how do you deal with a mother that makes, I don't know, she had like 20 sets of, of car keys made, something like this. And he would go over there and he would take her car keys, right? And then he'd see her driving around town. And this happened probably five, 10 times until she real, told him, oh, by the way, or he found out that she had all these extra sets of car keys made. So, um, yeah. Who's the smart one? That. What's said, that? I said, who's the smart one? <laughs> who's the, yeah, I was, I, I was like, wow, good for her. Okay. She pulled one over on him. I'm like, I got to take notes when yeah. I get older on that one. Well, actually, I often joked because my mother was uh, 90, still had a license, still driving. And I bought a big house in her town. Like I moved to her town, bought a big house so that she could move in with me. And just coincidentally, accidentally, whatever, (laughs) serendipitously, it had this weird driveway. And even the best of drivers, the first couple of times, it's a long driveway. The first couple of times they backed out of it, they'd end up on my lawn. So I often joked that I nosed mother's car into the carport because she would never be able to back out. (laughs) Okay, that's score one for you. So it was just an accident, but it was serendipitous. <laughs> it was indeed. Oh, dear. Okay, so we did talk last week. You mentioned getting all your parents' important info together, bank accounts, passwords, insurance documents, uh, into a file or documents of some sort. And I presume sooner is better than later. Sooner is really better than later. And I actually started this process with mom maybe about two, three years ahead of her fall and then, you know, going into the retirement community because she was bouncing checks. She had insufficient funds. And so um, I learned about that just from going over and and visiting her and having that conversation. And uh, sooner is better than later. And yes, it is a lot of work up front. However, when you do that work up front, it makes your life as the individual that is the care decider, caregiver, again, however you want to label yourself, pick another label, does not matter, whatever you want to call yourself, it makes your life a lot easier because then you have all the documents, including the website, the website and the logins and the passwords. That 
as a care decider, caregiver is going to save you a ton of time when you have all of that information. Right. And, and I'm going to emphasize too, like on a go forward basis, it's going to be more and more important because 20 years ago, chances are that, you know, an elderly person didn't have online banking. They didn't have sure. accounts online, but now we all do. So, uh, yeah, really yeah. important. Okay. Now I know as well as anybody <laughs> how resistant, <laughs> even cantankerous <laughs> a parent can be when an adult child starts making suggestions that the parent thinks are suspicious or even infantilizing, you know, like, oh, just treating them like a little kid. What tips do you have so the adult child isn't completely shut down or shut out? Mm. How do they go about some of those conversations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cantankerous, that's, that's a great term to describe. It's the polite term for my, it's the polite term for my mother. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> polite term. And, you know, I, I look at it this way. None of us likes to be told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. So, you know, considering that when you're care deciding for caring for an aging parent is going to get you a long way. And then what to do, how to get that not to happen. If it does happen, you know, let me just cover when it does happen, because it will, that goes back to, you know, um, caring for yourself as a caregiver, care decider, and, you know, having boundaries. For instance, my mother will sometimes get, as you say, cantankerous, and she's not willing to listen. Uh, she just wants to be mad. She just wants to be angry. And uh, I will say, you know what, mom? be angry, be mad. I'm going to go back home, but you can be mad, right? I choose not to stay in that because that's something she's got to work out for herself and she's taking out her anger on me. And whether she knows she is or isn't, I've decided, okay, I choose not to sit here and let her just rail and, uh, and I'll walk out of the room. And, you know, I'll call her later in the day and she's fine. She just needs to get her mad out. And I just let her. So, you know, it's going to happen. And you can make a choice around that. And also know that it's not, it typically is not about you. It's about your loved one losing control of, you know, their situation of their life to whatever degree. And when you know that it's not about you, it's a little bit easier to just let it roll off your shoulders. And again, from coming from a, a care facility side, like the facility care side, I cannot agree more. That is just such a mature way to, to go about that interaction uh, because I remember seeing so many families who'd come in and like, oh, my parent is like every bad word under the under the sun or, you know, more than cantankerous, shall we say, they're angry, they're bitter. <laughs> they're, and, you sure. know, we, we would just say, this is the only person we know. We don't have a history that leads us to those descriptors. Sure. Whereas because the dynamic has changed now between the family members to be able to just that's what they need to do is walk away. It's not personal. It's not, you know, like it's don't, don't wear it forever and don't judge the parent for it. So yeah, just incredibly mature comment there. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's you're welcome. We sort of come from two sides of it here, which is kind of interesting. 
that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I just hope our listeners are taking notes. <laughs> listeners, take notes. They should. And, and can I tell you, can I tell you a funny story about a cantankerous mom? Do we have time for that? Of course, yeah. Of course. It's a good one. So, mom, oh boy, she's. I'm going to write a book one of these days, and it's going to just be the antics that my mother has done over the years. So. We pick her up for uh, Easter dinner, for Mother's Day, whatever it is. And it's, it had to be maybe Easter, early spring. There was still a little bit of snow on the ground mixed with the grass that's just, you know, coming up. Mother decides that she wants to wear, as my husband puts it, her big girl shoes. And these are high heels, right? No. She is, you see, yeah, she's not, she. She's not steady on her feet. That's why she fell, right, all those times. And she's not, she wants to wear these high heels. And I said, you know, I didn't ask her. I didn't say, I noticed that you're, you know, tipping a little bit or whatever. I uh, put on the, I'm going to be in charge and I don't want her to fall, right? And said, mom, why don't you wear your, your tennis shoes today? Well, I don't, you know, kind of thing. So I'm carrying the tennis shoes in my hand. Mother is walking outside on the sidewalk first, and then she decides to stomp through the yard with her high heels on in the snow to let me know that she is really disagreeing with how I'm treating her. So, uh, you know, I just let her and both of us, you know, my husband's on one side, I'm on the other side, guiding her very carefully into the restaurant because she's wearing high heels and we're both freaking out that she's going to fall. That's the way she wanted it. But she just, boy, she really just had to stomp through that grass to prove her point. Okay, so for any boomer women that are listening, <laughs> it was only a couple of weeks ago that I interviewed someone who, she calls herself a confidence creator. And I asked her specifically about shoes at my age, and she had some great suggestions. So there we go. <laughs> it's okay, hilarious perfect. that you bring up shoes. <laughs> okay. I, I love these stories, but it does make it hard to get back to the, the serious information. Okay, I'll be serious. No, don't be. No, no, no. That <laughs> ru <laughs> ruins my reputation. Okay, so sooner or later, the inevitable happens. Or maybe it happens suddenly and unexpectedly. When you find yourself caregiving or care deciding for a parent, even though you've listened to Wendy on Agnes's podcast, your parents are becoming a full-time job. You're getting resentful. You're exhausted. Like you, Wendy, you've gained weight. Wendy, help these people. Yeah, of course. So when you get to that point, sometimes you might not even realize you're at that point because you're so in it, right? What I suggest, a couple of things. First of all, stop yourself and look around. Look around at your life and uh, ask yourself, okay, what do I, what am I feeling right now? What am I thinking? And just, just ask yourself that question. Give yourself some time, which I know is really, like, it's difficult to do. It's, I'll say it, it's damn near impossible when you have that worry of caring for another person on your mind, when you have the frustrations that go along with it, and you have the guilt, it is damn near impossible to do, but it's imperative that you do it so that your health doesn't suffer, so that your life doesn't suffer, so that you can, you know, if you're going into this with the intention 
that I want to continue being myself, it's so important to check in with you and how you're feeling, right? I'm sorry, I forgot the rest of that question. I was so like impassioned in my answer. (laughs) No, and I'm also thinking that, I mean, you started this on this path down this road at age 37, which is early, but say you're anywhere between 37 and 50, there's a good chance you've got dependent family as well. Like children, I'm not talking dependent parents, but children at home. So yeah, just when you're exhausted, I guess is where I asked, you know, what you're getting resentful, you're exhausted, you know, some of your suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. So, so check in with yourself and then reach out. So one of the biggest obstacles, one of the biggest things that it's hard for, again, caregivers, care deciders, however you want to identify yourself with one of the biggest pitfalls they fall into is isolation. Like me, like I just put my head down and went to work and boy, I'm just going to figure this all out. And it cost me my health and it cost me just stress and anxiety and and, uh, boy, it was a struggle, right? So first of all, take care of yourself, check in with yourself and also, oh, that's what I was saying, support. You know, look for uh, friends that have gone through this. Look for support groups. Now, I have a monthly, you know, support group, and, and we all come together to support each other and, and share our struggles because we all get it. We're all in it. Uh, we're all, I say, we're all in the same boat. We're just in various areas, you know, on said boat. So reach out, ask for help, ask questions. Do not be afraid to ask questions. But basically, don't isolate yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting phrase, I guess. Like, I, I didn't think of it in terms of isolation, but it is a self-isolation when you're head down in the storm. Uh, you forget yeah. that there's life rafts all around you. <laughs> there are. Yeah. yeah, there are life rafts. Okay, so so many conversations today, these days, seem to lead back to COVID in one way or another. You and your mom have embraced technology during this time of great isolation, haven't you? And I ask this because also many adult children don't even live in the same town or city as Mm -hmm. their aging Mm -hmm. parent. What sort of technology has worked? Oh, my gosh. So uh, mom and I just got all geeked out during COVID. And uh, it's been a blessing. And I tell everybody else, uh, first of all, get to... get stock in this company or, or some kind of deal, get an Amazon Echo Show, right? That's what I did. And it's the Amazon Echo Show with the screen and kind of thing, you know, and I was able to set that up in mom's living room. And the beauty behind this is I could, you know, just use my phone and I'm going to hold up my phone, but no one can see this. <laughs> you know, there's an app and, and I can just drop in, right? So on mom's side, she gets a ding or a notification or something that, oh, Wendy wants to talk to you. And if she wants to talk, she will talk or make some kind of noise or whatever. And then the screen clears and we just have a conversation. We can see each other. So during COVID, when she was in her retirement community and I was unable to physically see her, I saw her a couple of times uh, during each day. And uh, that was great. The other great thing about the uh, Alexa is mom could say to it, tell me a joke. Alexa, what's the weather today? And also on my side, I could start playing audiobooks for her. She's not quite sure how to get an audiobook started, but I could just start playing one. You know, mom, here's five 
selection. Which one would you like to hear? I want to hear this one. Great. I start playing it. Mom got really familiar with it and she figured out how to play music. She would say, Alexa, play music from the 1950s because that's her jam. And uh, a lot of times I would come over there and she's just rocking out to uh, Chubby Checker or is that him? Something like that. Fast Domino. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but she's just jamming out. God, you are young. <laughs> I'm going to twist again like we did last summer. <laughs> okay, there you Yeah, that's the guy. She's just having a great old time. And uh, I say it's a blessing because, you know, that's how mom navigated through COVID and, and the lockdown. Like she was, she was engaged. She was wired up. She was getting her tech on. And she's, she's so funny. She will say to me, she refers to the other residents, like her neighbors, as these old people. She will say, <laughs> she will say, these old people don't know how to use Alexa. These people, these old people don't know how to use uh, texting because she'll text me too on, on her iPad. But I'm thinking, mom, you're 85. How you're referring to these old people. How much older do they have to be to qualify? But anyway, but back to the blessing of technology. Mom was engaged because I kept her engaged and it was very easy for me to do when I was able to come back into the retirement community, kind of a sad story, but some of the residents I noticed just lost that light in their eyes, if that makes any sense. And what I got from that is they were not kept active and engaged like I was with my mom, like to the degree that I dropped it on her one time and she says, oh, it's been 15 minutes since you bothered me. It's like, okay, mom. I can tell you're busy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> what? You got schooled. <laughs> I did. Totally. <laughs> well, in the end, as I listen to you, it's interesting the things I see in my head because it does go back to isolation, like to the, to the adult child who's dealing with this, isolating themselves and suffering for it. In a time of COVID, the senior was isolated and suffered for it. So, right. yeah, just... It's a, it's an insidious thing. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Isolation stinks. Well, and I, I'm going to take note too, because I was just spending time with my friend's mom and she was checking the mailbox regularly for her next, um, story tape or whatever they're called. These days. I just aged yeah. myself. <laughs> you did. You totally did. Agnes. Back in the day. <laughs> But however those audio books come now, she was looking for it. But if she could have just said to her, whatever they have on the, on the mantle, read me yeah. such and such a story, I should check in and see if they, that, whatever they've got does that. Cause that yeah. would be super it's helpful. A, it's an awesome thing. Just say, yeah. hey, Alexa, can you do this? And she typically does. Yeah. <laughs> I have another story there that I won't tell. <laughs> Ooh. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we've touched on a whole bunch of areas today, and, and I really thank you for that. Of course. You actually have a five-point path to you again download you. that really helps new care deciders get a safe, happy parent and a sane, happy self. Tell us about it. I do, and uh, I've actually got a little surprise for you, Agnes, because I've got, uh, an, I've got another version of this, but the path to you again. What you're referring to is something that I created based on my experience with my mom and uh, everything that I put in place so that my life 
would be easier. And by extension, mom's life is, uh, is happier and she feels safe. And so uh, what this five cast chart looks like, the path to you again, is uh, just what we've talked about, right? Step one is noticing the signs. Step two is researching and gathering information, all that paperwork. And then step three is making the decision based off of the conversations you had and noticing the signs the information that you've gathered, and now it's time to make decisions, whether it's on your own, if your loved one, if your parent is not able to, or with your parent, with your family. And that's where you review the paperwork, you have more conversations, you ask the questions that need to get answered. Step four is uh, setting up systems. And one of those systems is document retrieval. And as you might have guessed, I'm a big tech geek kind of person too. Um, but let me tell you, um, document retrieval has saved my bacon on more than one occasion when I have been uh, in an office getting something set up for my mom. Someone says to me, are you your mother's power of attorney? Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Great. Do you have that document? Well, of course, I didn't have that physical document with me. But on my document retrieval, which I use Evernote, and I'm not promoting it or anything, but, uh, you know, what... Everybody asks me, well, what system should I use? And my answer is the system that works for you, right? So take a look and, and Google that. But my, I guess, drug of choice as far as technology goes is Evernote. In this meeting, I was able to pull up the document and the gentleman said, can you email that to me? And I could, and it was done. And it saved me a trip back home. And you know, I, I just got done what I needed to get done and I can move on with, with my life and my day. Step five is uh, you have a life of your own and you have a happy aging parent because those steps have built, built up one upon another. And then at this point, you have asked for what you need as a caregiver, care decider, right? From those around you that are supporting you. You have asked for support and support groups and you know not isolating yourself. And the result is that you have a life of your own and you also have um, a happy aging parent. And I sometimes feel bad adding on here, but because it's it's about you. But but yes. the other thing in many areas, and the reason to do this all this sooner than later, is in mm -hmm. many areas of, uh, especially North America, if your parent has a diagnosis of any sort of dementia they're no longer legally capable of signing documents. So powers of attorney, you know, representation agreements, all those sorts of things, wills, yep. get it done now because they legally yes. can't be signed if they're, you know, uh, diagnosed with dementia. So, yes. Yeah. And then, so I have a client going through this now. She just started working with me and uh, we are, we are at the end of her mother's journey. She's, her mother's going to be transitioning to the, to the next life very soon, as I say. But she's at a place where her mother cannot uh, even find her own name. Uh, she's so advanced in Alzheimer's. And so now she is having to go to court to get guardianship over her mother, right? And that's a lot of stress on her. And uh, thank goodness she has me to kind of ground her and, and get her through this process. But yeah, you're right. It's so important to have these documents um, ahead of any of that happening because it just makes it makes life so much easier for both of you and a lot of those 
court-ordered things cost a chunk of cash. So you don't yeah. necessarily. Yeah. I hadn't considered that, but yes, she's going to be looking at that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so one last thing I want to mention, because we talked about it briefly last week, boomer women are anywhere from, say, 55 to 75. They may be needing your info to deal effectively with an elderly parent, but we're aging too. What do you recommend we do now while we're able so our kids don't become the burned out, frazzled children trying to help us out as we get older and more resistant to giving up our independence? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, one thing that we can do is, first of all, take care of ourselves, right? Eat healthy, exercise, just, you know, so you can live a very healthy, joyful, happy life, right? As, as much as you can, because that's what we all want, right? Uh, we just want good health. That's what I want. So that's one thing you can do for the next generation to make it easier. And the second thing that uh, we can all do individuals in this age range is get your stuff in order, like your wills, your living wills, your power of attorney, durable power of attorney. And I'm not an attorney, by the way, far from it. I am just going off of my experience with my mom and what I got in place. So do not think of me as a legal person of any kind or financial. Good heavens. I can't balance my own checkbook. But I do know what I've set up and what I've gone through with mom. So get those documents in place. Have those conversations now. If you, you know, if you kind of think, okay, I really want my godson to be the person to care decide for me. I do not want him taking care of me. I have decided this. I want him to care decide. I would like to go to some place like this. I do not want to live with him, right? Whatever your decisions are, make sure that that, that individual knows if it's your godson, if it's your firstborn child, if it's a friend of yours, right? Communicate that ahead of time and basically just get as much set up as possible and know yourself well enough. And maybe it's time for you to get to know yourself so that you know exactly what you want when when you get older and it's time for someone else to step in. Right. Great advice. Okay. So you've mentioned a support group. Tell us a little bit more about that, any services, programs, whatever. What's what's going on in your business? What do you have to support us? <laughs> um, yeah, of course. So uh, let's touch on the support group. And so we meet the last Thursday of every month at, uh, I've got it going at six o'clock central at this time. That might change. We'll see how it goes. And uh, we all come together. There are many different flavors of individuals coming to this board out. There are individuals that haven't started caregiving or care deciding yet and know that they do not want to because they have seen their friends caregive for their parents and they've seen it eat away at their lives and they do not have any part of their life to be eaten away. And so they're there to almost be like a preemptive strike. Okay. Like, okay, what can I set up? What can I put in place? What can I do with my mom and dad, right? So they understand that I am not going to do this. I love them, but I can't, right? So there's individuals in that area. There are individuals that are, that like Margot, right? She's caring for her aging brother and, uh, and she, she's in there. Individuals 
you know, that are caring for their mother-in-law. Their mother-in-law is living with them and that's causing tension with, with their spouse, right? You know, just all sorts, you know, individuals that are going to have to say goodbye to their parents, uh, probably in the near future. And we're all there to, to support them with their challenges and, and their struggles. And I do some hot seat coaching because what I know is if someone has a struggle and they step up and say, yes, I want to be coached around this. There are people in that group that have the same struggle and they learn from it too. So that's what we do. We're hour in hour uh, six to seven, uh, the last Thursday of every month. And the other support that I have uh, is my one-on-one coaching. And so uh, I'm your guide on the side to uh, walk you through this journey that you are either going to be on or will be on soon so that you can get back to being yourself. If you have been in it and you have totally lost yourself, or if you are an individual that is about to be in it and you know that you don't want to lose yourself, that you want to continue being the same person that you have been, then I'm here for you. Oh, that's great. Okay. So where do people find you on the World Wide Web? Oh, great question. So it's uh, www.coach-wendy.com. Okay. And is that where people find your five point thing? That's a download, is it? It's a download. So what you're going to find there now is a different download, uh, which all focuses around the caregiver care decider. So that's the bonus I was talking to you about. I just like got this done earlier this week and I'm so excited about this. So you can find that on my website. I can share with you the link for the five-step path, which is basically like the resource end of my business. Like, okay, mom has fallen. Now what do I do? Like the practical side, like, okay, this is what I need to do. And here's step two. This is the five steps that, uh, that I just yeah, covered. Yeah. So I can share the link with you and they're more than welcome to, uh, to download that. Oh, that's great. Okay. And, and I'll put all links in the show notes for our listeners. Okay. Listeners, if you have any comments on today's show or any show, you can leave them where you listen to podcasts or you can go to twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or know someone who would, there's an application at the website too. Wendy Tadiucci, thank you so much for coming on <laughs> podcast today. I just did the hand thing. It's okay. That's why she's laughing. You thank did. you so much for coming on podcast today. And sharing your experiences and your knowledge with our listeners. Of course. It was my pleasure, Agnes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a great rest of week. Okay. You too. 